We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. I can't even believe we're doing another Joy Lee podcast with one, an amazing guest. We find the most amazing guests in the world. Today, we have Jim Estelle. Did I say that right, Jim? Yes, you did. And you are coming to us from Ontario, Canada. But before we get into uh, a little bit more about uh, learning from Jim about who he is in the world and how he leads with joy, um, we are going to talk about uh, our mission of this Chair of Joy that we're talking about today. Basically, the Chair of Joy is an experience that we are bringing CEOs through all over the world, and we're seeing major shifts. Um, When people focus on joy, they get more joy, and uh, the bottom line increases and the productivity becomes off the chain. In fact, one CEO said there's not enough zeros after the dollar sign that if their team were to increase their culture of joy or their shift to joy by just 1%, what the opportunities could be. So I have to know, Jim, how did you get into this position of having 500 employees? Who are you as a leader? Well, I'm, I'm an engineer and I needed a computer to design circuit boards and got a better deal if I bought two of them. So I bought two and sold one and I started buying more computers. Someone wanted one and then printers. And next thing you know, I'm buying and selling computer hardware, software, and peripherals. And then I needed help because I needed had too much work to do. So I hired someone else, then I hired someone else. And, and that business, I actually grew to a couple billion in sales. And then I retired and I sat on the board of uh, various companies, including Danby Appliances. The CEO of Danby resigned and I said, oh, I can go in and run that for a while. And as I got back in the saddle, I said, I, I like running a company. So I uh, said, this will be my next decade. And then the ownership group said they wanted me to sell the company. I said, oh, well, how much for? They told me. So I said, okay, fine, I'll take it. So that's how I ended up owning Danby Appliances. Awesome. And so did Dan, did you acquire 500 employees or did you develop that? Um, well, we didn't have 500 when I bought it, but we would probably had 300 when I bought it thereabouts. Yeah. So would you say you have a culture of joy? Are your, are your, was your, was your team uh, enjoying what they do? Well, I, I think fundamentally you have to enjoy what you do or you won't be good at it. Um, the, the interesting thing is I always talk in terms of gratitude and I think gratitude and joy are very tied together. So I always say that one of the characteristics of successful people and happy people is they're grateful. And I think that that's sort of what you talk about. And that's maybe your definition of joy. It's the being grateful for what we have. So who taught you that along the way, Jim? Was there a good mentor along the way? I've had many, many mentors, but I didn't learn that from that. I learned um, about... 2017, uh, there was a Syrian refugee crisis. I don't really remember that. And so I sponsored um, a few hundred Syrian refugees to come to Canada because we had a private sponsorship program. I learned from meeting those people. I learned that people who are happy are those who are grateful for what they have, not ungrateful for what they've lost, not ungrateful for what other people have. So I really learned it from them. Those are people that 
had something lost what we would consider everything and then started over again at the bottom essentially because you're we don't recognize their education we don't re they don't have references they probably don't speak the language and uh, uh the other thing i've learned is that like this cure from depression is go help someone else the uh it's it just helps you uh be more satisfied I got you. I got you. So would you say that the country, um, you know, there's a pandemic going on. Hopefully we're coming out of it now. Would you say that um, there is a shift to focus on these kinds of things more in corporate culture? Or what would you say the state of the CEO's mindset is right now? Well, I think increasingly uh, CEOs are recognizing that we need to be integrated and need to be whole people. And being whole people means, yes, joy, happiness, all of those are necessary and important. Plus, in North America, there's a demographic issue, not actually enough people to do the work. And therefore, we're competing with the world to get good people. And uh, good people want to work in places where they can be joyful, to use your words. I appreciate that. I always say um, happy is kind of a fleeting moment. Would you agree? Like um, when you are kind of sad, maybe you might want to buy a new outfit and then your outfit gets torn or dirty or broke, you know, it's not the same. So happy kind of comes and goes, but joy is something that's sustainable and it is indeed developed from gratefulness. And so there's all kinds of ways to fuel our joy, uh, but it's always the ultimate goal. I think it's our, all of our basic, right? Just like you said, it's everyone's basic. What was it on your, on your sustainability? It's everyone's basic right to have what a, what was it? Do you remember? I don't remember off the top. Let me look, let me look. Um, it's our basic right to have, oh, this was cool, I liked it. Ethical working conditions are not a privilege, but a right. So I think that that's something that you uh, highly value. So when you're doing things that are very valuable to you, that it creates more joy for you and others. That That is correct. I mean, Danby's tagline is do the right thing, which is another extension of that. And it, it means you don't really need a manual on how to do things. You just do the right thing. It makes it much easier than having a manual to say, how do you treat your customers? How do you treat your coworkers? How do you treat uh, suppliers? Just do the right thing. Um, but I really like your concept of joy because I think I was working on the, some, some of the fundamentals of gratitude and I was tying it to the happiness, but right about happiness being more fleeting, gratitude you control. And I think that does lead to joy, which again, gives you more control. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate your, your learning there. I'm always happy when someone can hear this. I think, I think that we have a universe that has this suicide and the drug trafficking and the, you know, there's social injustices all over and the, the yelling and the screaming and the angry and, and the lack of focus on joy and maybe stillness is um, something that is my mission. And I really just appreciate hearing you say that. Great. What's that? Great mission. Great mission. Thank you. So who, what were some of the roles that you've had in your life? And I'm curious if those roles were, did you move from one role to the next based on, oh gosh, an opportunity just showed up? Or was it something that you said, you know, this would give me more joy? What was the process? So largely I built my company under me. That's how I ended up with a bigger company, not, um, saying, oh, I want to move from this company to another company. I just kept building my own uh, company. And 
And the reason I grow the business is it gives opportunity for people, which is another aspect of um, satisfaction. It gives people opportunity. Um, and actually, when you're in a company, you don't thrive if you don't change. And growth is the best change. Otherwise, next year, the only way we can make money is by uh, tightening our belt. And that's never fun. What's fun is to grow your sales. And then you, you instead of like, I love just adding 20% to sales, 10% to the staff. Everybody's happy with that. Where if you don't grow, you can't do that. And how has it been this last year? Are you seeing growth? Uh, yes, we've been very, very fortunate. I'm very grateful because we um, make appliances, which uh, uh, freezers and fridges, and everybody needs freezers and fridges, in, um, and, and we sell goods. I believe the economy sort of flipped from a services economy to a goods economy. So even things like wine coolers are selling well, and that's because people aren't going out to dinner. Oh, they want to improve their home. Uh, you didn't spend money on a vacation. Well, it doesn't take much of a vacation to buy the the best wine cooler you can buy. So we have been very fortunate in, um, in the pandemic. But at the same time, as a leader or a CEO, it is extremely difficult to not be with your people and not be able to walk through the factory, not be able to so everything's Zoom, everything is a uh, uh, video, and it's just not—it's uh, just not the same as the good old days, so to speak. So, how is the manufacturing? How, how is that working for you right now? Well, uh, clearly we're uh, we're managing. Uh, if you looked at some of the processes, you would say that's a crazy way to set things up. You have to walk down an aisle to the end and turn around, and come back just to go to the. Uh, washroom or, or um, and, uh, you know, plexiglass. We should be in the plexiglass business. That, it's just a plexiglass and people wear masks and stuff like that. So it's a challenge and it's a challenge to you, the efficiency, but the life life in the world is about challenges. And uh, and that's what we do as companies, with the people. We rise to the challenge, right? I really appreciate that. I'm I'm very visual, so I'm curious to make refrigerators and continue to fill orders. Is your plant up and running? Are you are people doing with work? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The physical plant is, but the um, uh, if you're in accounting, accounts payable or accounts receivable or sales or marketing, most of that, all the office staff are working home. I was in the office yesterday, and it's just. Um, it's almost scary. You walk through an office that has, you know, seating for over a hundred people and gee, there's two people. It's, uh, it's almost scary, but factories and warehouses, you can't drive a forklift at home. You have to be <laughs> in and do it. And the efficiency is not as good as it was because of the distancing. You just can't have people working in close quarters. Um, and that has created costs, so there's more costs. We also import a lot of product, um, and logistics are really challenged right now. Uh, I, mean, I mean, these are all just business challenges. I mean, I'm sure you've read about the chip shortage, so that you can't get chips, and then chips are more expensive, and then you can't get containers coming with parts or, or with product from China. Uh, you can't get port space, inland shipping more. Everything has gone up combined with the high demand for our products means prices go up. Um, and then customers get upset because prices go up. And it's just a continual list of challenges. But my business is just like everybody's. I'm sure there's challenges in every other business. So it's all good. How do you see that 100 space building filling up again? Is it sometime this year or maybe not ever? 
well, we're in, I'm in Canada, and Canada is behind the United States by a good six months because we um, we don't make manufacture a vaccine in Canada, so we're behind in vaccination. Um, and interestingly, prior to the pandemic, I was not an advocate of work at home because I like to see people. And I, I now I think we're coming back. We're going to be half at home, half in the office, two days, three days. Uh, if you're more productive at home, then feel free to work at home, but let's come in on Mondays and do this meeting or whatever. Um, but I'm open to it. What I found is people work at home, half of them are more productive, half of them less productive. Figure out what you, whether you're one of the ones and can you make yourself more productive in a different environment. I do think we're living on past glory to a certain extent. We can work functionally together because we work together when we were in an office. I think that in person, you just get a little bit better or a little better communication, a little better. It's often, especially for me, I learn things while I'm not in a meeting, while I'm not even specifically meeting with someone. I'm making tea and someone, you know, I'm having lunch in the lunchroom or you just see things you walk through the warehouse and say wow how can we have a stack of those and and so that those learnings you don't get or walking past someone's desk right i'm curious i love that i love i love the camaraderie too and i imagine the most of the people that are sitting at home are missing it as well would you say the morale is there are they are you feeling they're more joyful or they're missing out what would you say um I think that it's added for many people a stress, um, partly depending on their personal situation. If you have a three-year-old to five-year-old, you, you're stressed, or, or you know, our schools are now closed, so our schools are closed again. So you've got kids at home and teaching kids at home, so that can add a stress. I think to some extent, humans are social beings, even if you're introverted. And so we're all missing that uh, social, interaction so it is mentally hard on people um what is positive is you do get to spend more time with them. you do get to spend more um time with your family with your children um i know this pandemic has allowed me to figure out more how i lead the life i want pre-pandemic i was on an airplane almost every week have you ever dropped your phone on the floor on your face or in some other embarrassing place don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to, or at least as much? Introducing Steady Straps, a comfortable, adjustable, strong, elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today. Uh, one of my factories or branches or whatever, so I was flying all the time. And I realized video's pretty efficient. I'll probably travel half as much and probably have a better, more balanced life. I'm, I'm actually eating better because at home, I don't have bad food. And uh, when I go, it's available. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Don't you think it allows you a little more breaks as well? I mean, do you feel like you take a little bit more time for yourself? You know, it does and it doesn't. It depends on the person and the personality. So uh, you have to be, when you work at home, you actually have to be deliberate to make sure that you do have some separation between uh, home and work. Otherwise, I can go have dinner 
come back, sit at the same computer I sat at all day and work again. And then, and so you don't have, you can get yourself in a situation where you don't have more breaks. So I think for some people, you have to be more deliberate about it. Other people, they go too far the other way where they break all the time and then they wonder why they don't get their work done. So it's a, it's a balance of motivation, self-motivation. Um, I mean, I've even said to people sometimes, what are you doing emailing me at 11 o'clock at night? Like, go to bed, get off your computer. You can't be doing that. But many people use their computers to do their entertainment. And, like, we're all integrated, right? Would you say that there's some turnover going on right now, or is everybody pretty much maintaining? Um, we have not had very much turnover. Um, so people are pretty well maintaining is what right. I finding but uh, if we're growing so we're actually hiring which makes it difficult because that means someone had to leave a job probably come take a job with us but then onboarding you don't you're not with the people you can't go to the next desk and yes you can video them and yes you can call and yes you can email and whatever but it's just not quite the same as being onboarded when someone in the office says let's go to lunch and let's uh meet that's beautiful how involved are you with the HR department? Is that something that you feel tapped into or is that kind of, uh, do you have somebody in place that's doing a great work, great job? Well, I have a great HR department, um, but I'm, so I'm quite involved. I don't delegate the, I'm gonna say the leadership to HR. And so HR is not responsible for the morale. The, the leader is responsible for morale. I like that. Or does have a function because we do need to onboard people. We need to recruit people. We need to offboard people. We need to, um, uh, our, my uh, uh, group has done an awesome job around uh, health and safety, which is now a very real thing with the pandemic. And uh, so they put in place all the protocols and masks and alcohol cleaner and uh, deep cleanings and uh, COVID testing and you you name it but that added another health and safety thing which prior to this it was it was a lot simpler you know you're wearing your safety shoes and don't walk in the forklift aisles yeah right <laughs> i like that i'm curious if it, 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 so as the leader i'm going to see if i can get a little clearer on your on your daily interest and focus on how you manifest joy in your own life and how that impacts others. So would you say that you take some breaks during the day? I take some breaks, but not, I do take some breaks. Not, not that many, but I, I'm a health guy. So I always take time to work out. I do meditate. So that, that those, that's another joy practice. I will say, um, yep. makes, uh, a more level person. And uh, I'm actually boring. I, I have a garden, so I actually love gardening. And uh, this time of year, it's just awesome because we're starting to get some uh, some produce and we're starting to, you know, planting. And it's, it's just a good time of year because you're starting to see things come out and leaf and uh, it's... I love that. I love that. And so, do you communicate that? Like, does you do? You, would you say that you're really good at sharing that? I heard you say, "Don't send emails at 11," which I love that advice. I, my boss told me that. I would, I would, I would appreciate the fact that they're paying attention, right? So, do you think that you have an ability or or a, or a way to showcase that taking time out for themselves is important? 
Um, I, I tend to be a lead by example person, so I try to, um, and I try to give people permission so that I tell people not to email. I actually tell people if I email you after working hours, I expect no response. If I really need you, I will call you, and I never really need you. Why am I sending you an email at 8 o'clock at night? I'm sending it so I get it off of my plate, but don't let it create an urgency in you to reply. Um, people do know that I exercise a lot. People know that I uh, meditate. People know about my garden. I actually make 100 people, and so I, I have a garden at work, a herb garden at work, because I was running out of herbs to make my... Uh, my soup in my own personal garden so i needed more uh, more land so to speak so <laughs> people do know that about me um and i do give them permission now even pre-pandemic one of my habits was walking meetings a walking meeting a walking meeting is using what i call the power of wild what can you do while you're doing something else i can get a little bit of fresh air a little bit of exercise be outside it's leveling. So if I'm walking somewhere, we're walking the same direction. It's not like across a table that we're power structure or anything. It's tough to not be uh, happy when you're outside. Um, so even pre-pandemic, I always did walking meetings. I knew I did walking meetings. I, I was sort of eccentric for the walking meetings. I had business people that I would have a walk with, and I hadn't seen them in five years, and they'd say, oh, I always remember that walking meeting. That's They would never remember it. So you were in my office. Yeah, we kind of had a boardroom, just like every other boardroom we've seen, right? That is so dang powerful. I am so glad you shared that with our audience, and I just want to invite everyone who's listening to this to take heed Walking meetings and doing something while is just a powerful point. I absolutely appreciate that. So, Jim, I am just curious a little bit more about your joy. So if you don't mind, I'm going to take you through the joyly practice. Would you mind uh, coming along with me on that? Perfect. I think that even if you're a leader such as yourself and you're already joyful, the ability to be more joyful is great. I think that's cool. Everybody wants that. But to really use that power of raising your vibration of joy to create, create more expansion for yourself and for your teams and for the growth and for your customers, I think is unstoppable. So it's a really fun, easy process. And one of my CEOs that just went through it said, if my team raised their vibration of joy by even 1%, there aren't enough zeros after the dollar sign to measure what that success could even look like. So here we go. So it's super simple. It, the, the premise is when you stop talking, which is mindfulness, right? Which is meditation. They're in, it's like a bowl, like a bowl's upside down. Nothing can, you can't put anything in the bowl. But if you stop and turn the bowl over, things can come in. Problems to solution, more success, more ideas, more creativity, more inspiration. So that's something all teams strive for is how do we have the ability to do that more often? And this is a way. So very simple, feet on the ground. So everybody can can kind of remember that the, that when they get up in the morning that the ground is there and it's usually pretty stable and you can count on it. So I just ask people to take 10 seconds and wiggle their toes in their shoes and feel their socks or their socks on the ground or whatever is going on down there. And, um, and just take a minute to just be quiet with your feet on the ground. And then that's 10 seconds. If you can do that for 10 seconds, that's more than most people can do in the world because they're always doing the next thing, right? And then if you can look around, not only are your feet on the ground, but look around. There's a Lake Tahoe picture next to me. We spent a lot of time in Lake Tahoe and I remember the essence of that. 
and just whatever is in your space. And then listen. What can you actually hear? I actually have no noise going on. Maybe a little noise from my computer, but that's about it. How about you? I can hear my air carefully. I have I do have hay fever. I love you, garden, but I still have hay fever. <laughs> so that's that's a that's an ability to teach people how to get still because they're like, I don't understand what the stillness thing you're talking about, or my mind wanders. And you know, if you give your mind something to do, you can allow yourself to be still. So then beyond that, it's just raising the vibration of joy, telling people that joy is already inside of them. So taking a deep breath and calling in one of your most joyful moments. I'd love for you to do that, Jim. Tell me one of the most joyful moments that you can think of when you really had it all together. Can you share with me with one with me? Sure, so I have a picture of my son and I running a 5K race uh, when he was probably uh, you know, maybe 10 or 12 years old. And uh, that is a joyful memory. It's one of the reasons I have it at my desk. All right, and one more joyful memory. When you were kicking butt, you just had it all together, deep breath in. Maybe you were a young kid, maybe it was yesterday, but when things were just really cooking for you. So uh, it, it was a joyful moment when we went public and uh, you know, the stock exchange and all of that kind of stuff. It was a sort of a lifelong goal and we, we hit it and uh, it just was in flow. Awesome. So, and then to end this, if you could take your son's memory and just let that ooze through your body and your public moment, going public and letting that ooze through your body and see if you can come up with one word that has the essence of those two words. What's the essence of those two memories in one word? Flow. Love it. So when you're flowing, I think if, when your people are moving and everything's flowing, that's joy for you. Look at your smile. That's right. <laughs> so so CEOs that are listening today, if you're in your flow, you are in joy. So Jim is in his flow. And Jim, what would you say to CEOs that don't understand this specifically? I would say uh, get a life and get find your joy. <laughs> get a life and find your joy. Why? Why would you say that? What does that mean? Um, I think you end up with a higher level of satisfaction and calm because we're all dealing in stress, stressful situations. But by being in your joy, it, those simply become things to deal with as opposed to it becoming overwhelming or, or um, taking you into bad place. So my ask for you, Jim, today, where is your chair of joy, first of all? Do you have a chair of joy in your house or in your garden or where is it? Um, I, I didn't tell you just to ask me, but yes, I'm going to uh, have it be the chair on my deck. And do you get to your deck? Oh, yes, I do. I do, definitely. How often do you get to your deck chair of joy during the day? Um, probably two or three times a day. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, Jim, I would love to hear what your takeaway from today's event is, and also any last words for our audience about how we can help you. Well, my takeaway is I'm going to think more about joy, where I always thought about gratitude. I think gratitude is the precursor. And I think that the joy is possibly the result that I'm looking for. And uh, as far as uh, the listeners go, um, I would say don't underestimate the power of this sort of thing. And it's this that makes us into real and complete people. And being a real and complete person, um, reduces your stress. 
That's awesome, Jim. Thanks for being with us from Danby. And what's your website so people can check out all of your products? It's www.danby.com. Awesome. And um, you already are committing to your Chair of Joy experience. So my ask is that everyone else that's listening today to find your Chair of Joy, just like Jim did, and um, figure out how you can sit in that. And, and also, furthermore, Joy is about life expansion, like we said earlier. And um, Jim, I'd love to come in and talk to your team and maybe we could do some more joy things in the community. One thing I always ask, and I'm gonna ask you right now about while we're ending, what is the mo what's the first concert that you went to that gave you so much joy? The very first concert in your life. That is a that is a really good question. See, one of the things I told you earlier, I'm a boring guy and I don't do um, the normal things people think. So I don't follow actors and actresses or music, believe it or not. So for me, I don't really have, that was not a joy trigger for me. Joy trigger for me was a uh, canoe trip, which for me being solitude on glassy water in a canoe, can't beat that in my memory. I'm the same, I'm a mountain girl. I'm in Colorado right now and I kayak, water, anything. It's, there's nothing like it. And there's joy. The more we can get there, man, watch out. Well, thanks, Jim Distel, for being on, on our podcast today. And I look forward to continuing a conversation with you down the road. And I thank you for your commitment to joy and all that the work that you're doing in the world. Well, thanks for having me.